Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Romans 8, 14. I want to talk about listening to the Holy Spirit. Listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. How many think we ought to listen to God? Amen. Uh, here's what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. God wants us to be led. God wants to direct our path. He wants to, to uh, 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 when I say leading, I'm not talking about that, that he that he uh, doesn't allow us the choices, but instead we choose by the leading of the Holy Spirit. He leads us. We follow. We have a willful following to follow the Holy Spirit, to follow his leading. He doesn't grab our horns and drag us around. You didn't get saved that way. You responded to the Word of God. In saying that, it's, there's a definition that, that has to be equipping, or it has to help by equipping us, and that's that we have to understand that as a, as a person, that there's a real you. You know, I talk about this a lot because it's important for us to understand that there's a real you. I want you to point to yourself and say, there's a real me. There's a real me. Now, uh, you know this, you know you live in a body, the five senses, you have a tongue, you taste things, you have ears, you hear things, you have eyes, you can see things, you can touch them with your hands. There's five senses that we have, taste, touch, feel, see, hearing, smell. We have these senses that we can live by, and so we, 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 in living that way, we have to understand that, you know, when you gave your heart to Jesus and you got saved, that what, what happened to you was not that your flesh got saved. How many understand your flesh didn't get saved? And how many of you understand it ain't ever going to be saved? Forgive me for the word ain't. I should change my English and, and try to sound a little better. So let me say it this way. Your flesh is not saved. Now, how many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, can you, have, you ever, have, have you ever dealt with your flesh? You know, when you look on television and you look, I mean, I look at these teens and things. Today, they've changed the internet so much, you can't hardly get anything on there or flip through these, these uh, you know, these places. I got, I got an app, whether you know it or not. I didn't know you could do this. But, you know, I decided that my kids were watching too much internet. And it's seven hours, eight hours a day, just too much. Ain't nobody shouting. My parents ought to be standing up and dancing, and the kids ought to be mad as heck. <laughs> I mean, they're on there seven or eight hours a day. They don't even have to talk anymore. They don't have to talk. To, no, they don't have a communication. And I mean, the whole life is spent online. Anyway, I just decided that I was going to change things around my house. And interestingly enough, some things happened to force that to, to occur. We made some decisions based on, you know, I've been, Amy's been talking to me for years about, Steve, you need to control these kids. And I would say, nah, they're all right. Come on. Everybody knows there's a parent that's easy and a parent that's hard. Come on, y'all know it's true. I'm the easy one. I know y'all wouldn't believe that, but I'm the easy one. I'm always letting them get away with everything, you know. I mean, I, I, I am the, I'm the guy that always makes excuses and, you know, whatever, and she's the one that says, you won't ever back me up. Have you, have you wives ever felt that way where your husband won't back you up? I got an amen right there. I got one amen. The rest of y'all scared of your husband? No. No, so, so finally we get to the point, I've got to make a decision. And I had done this before, thought, well, I'll go, Apple's got all these controls on the Apple, uh, on your phone, on your iPhone. So I'm, I couldn't do it because it would have to shut the phone off. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying? 
like you had times on there and you could turn the phone off. But I wanted my kids to be able to call me and write me. Because we know in today's society, unlike when you and I grew up, see, when we grew up, you left at 7 in the morning, you got home at 4 or 5 in the afternoon riding the bus, and you didn't talk to your parents from the time you left at 7 until you got home at 4 or 5, and that's when they said, how you doing? Now it's every five minutes, how you doing? Come on, y'all know it's the truth. We've got to touch them. You know what I'm saying? We're no, now we've got to know every five minutes, and they've got to tell us everything, and they've got to talk to mama. I've got to talk to mama. Y'all know I'm right. So, so I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be able to see, you know, they play sports, you know, and they're involved in things, and I want to know what's going on, where are you at, and blah, blah, blah. And so, so I didn't want to shut the phone off, and so I would never use the Apple stuff because I didn't think it was good. But I found out... I found out there are apps out there. Moms and dads, I got something called uh, Quiznos or Quiz... I forget what... I can't even think of the name of it, but it allows you to control every hour. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I know, I, I, I know the kids are sitting in this room saying, Pastor, shut up. I know the truth. <laughs> I, I can go on there now. Listen, Mom, I can go on there and turn off and on every one of their apps <gasps> i took away youtube i mean know what i did I, I i found out i could control this stuff and i could i could impact their lives and you know what i don't have to turn off the phone they can still call me and text me they can go on the internet but if they go to youtube on the internet it will say not allowed till 11 <gasps> oh oh Parents, you, you, everybody want the name? Is that what you, put it on the screen. Put it on the screen. All right. But, but I will do it now. <laughs> See, I knew everybody was going to be excited. Now, now, I did this because I know, everybody understand what I know? I know they live in a body. Now, I'm going to tell you, when I was a young man, when I was young, and I'm not going to confess anything, because y'all don't need to hear me confess anything. Say Amen. Amen. A lot of times I'm telling my kids about stuff and I'm saying, don't do this. And I say, because I did. Anybody want to be like me? But here's the deal. So, so, so uh, I've, I've got this app. I can now control them because they live in a body. My mom and dad thought I was Moses reincarnated. <laughs> they, they were certain that, you know, back then, Jimmy Swaggart was the largest evangelist, Pentecostal evangelist you knew. That the next Jimmy Swaggart was Stephen Tyler McGard. Come on. They just knew it. And behind the scenes, I was not Jimmy Swaggart. And it wasn't because I didn't love the Lord. It wasn't because I wasn't saved. It wasn't because I didn't have Jesus living in my heart. I had accepted Christ. I knew who he was. I lived in a pastor's home. I lived in that environment. And yet everybody in this room should know exactly what I'm talking about. You live in a flesh. And when they design the internet and the television and, and ads on newspapers and books that you read, they design those to appeal to your flesh. Isn't it true? Come on. And your kids have the same problem. They're sitting at home. Your families have. The, and so, so like the Holy Spirit... I have an app. I now have a way to control some of the intake that they have. I have a way to speak to them and to define some of what they I found out something else that I, I, I not only live in a body, but I have a mind. How many of you know your mind will give you frustration? 
How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, the world around you, the way they want you to think, they will try to impregnate you with things all the time. They want you, you know, in most recent, if you go ask your students today, if you, and I'm not going here today, this isn't the message. My message is how to overcome it. But if you go talk to your students today and, and you start talking to them about relationships and, and they know Jill and Jane have a relationship. And you say, the Bible says Jill and Jane need to work on their relationship with God. You know, talking that way. They will use the words. People will always use the words. These are words. Don't get mad at me. You ready? You ready? They'll say they love each other. They love each other. Now, I'm, I'm not doubting that. I'm not fretting the fact that, that, that people love each other. That, that there's a love relationship there. I'm not suggesting there's not. What I am saying is that the Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I want you to look at your neighbor. Now, I'm not preaching Steve here. I'm preaching Jesus. Preaching the Word. For as many as are led by the Holy Spirit, they are the sons of God. Would you agree with that? Yes. Now I want you to turn over with me to Proverbs twenty twenty seven, Because we have a mind. Right? We have a body. Our body wants to do stuff. Our, drug addicts are drug addicts because their body wants to have the drugs. Their mind wants to have the drugs. Is that true? Is that true? That we live in a body. The things that we're being taught all the time and being expressed to us all the time are to control our mind. It's to control our mind. And yet God said, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Does anybody hear what I'm saying to you? And so we know without doubt that God wants to speak to us. He says this in Proverbs 20, 27. He says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. That I have a spirit. Now, when I got saved, I received a new spirit. God re, re, did not recondition me. He didn't remake me. He didn't reform me. He did not reupholster me. He did not remodel me. I am a new spirit. When I ask Jesus to come into my heart, when I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, are you ready? Your soul didn't get saved. You have the mind, same mind, same will and emotions. Same, same experiences, the same exact stuff that you would have had before you got saved. Then your body didn't get saved. It still wants to do what it did. It still wants to act like it acted. It still wants to do. And, and yet, when I get saved, I receive a new spirit. That's who I am. God speaks spirit to spirit. He does not speak mind to mind. He does not speak flesh to flesh. He speaks spirit to spirit. Say that out loud. God speaks spirit to spirit. You with me? So he wants us to be led by the Holy Spirit. When you initially get saved, if you were a smoker, it may be a miracle. You might, you might walk up here, and when you walk out, you never smoke another cigarette. But for most of the Christian world, the body still wants the cigarette. Has anybody been saved and know what I'm talking about? Did anybody get saved and was a smoker? It still wanted to smoke. 
Anybody get saved and you drank and you still wanted to drink and continue to get drunk? Now here's what it says. Let me describe it to you so you understand. Number one, if I'm going to be led by the Holy Ghost, there are two ways God speaks to me. The first way God speaks to me is by His Word. He speaks to me by His Word. The foundational thing for every born-again believer, the thing that everything stands on, is the Word of God. Say, it's the Word. It's the Word. Your knowledge of the Word, whatever you hear about the Word, whatever preaching you listen to, that knowledge of the Word is where you foundationally stand and how you can grow. That's that's where everything comes from. What you hear from God will always line up with the Word of God. Say, it always lines up. It always lines up. He'll never speak outside of the written Word. We call that logos. That's a Greek word that intends to specify to us that God speaks in a word that's written or a word that's given to us called the logos word. That's the logos. We have the logos. Jesus says it this way. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as that of the. So the word became flesh. That means that Jesus the word. How many of you understand when Jesus came, he is, was, and will always be the word. You understand that? When he came and lived on this earth, he was then, still is, and will always be the Word. Do you see it? He's the Word. Nothing he ever did would violate the Word. He would not violate himself. He would not say anything or do anything that was outside of what he already was. He's the Word. And yet he spoke, he said things. You see, not only do we have the written word of God, but we also have the heard word or the spoken word. Because Jesus said things on the earth. He spoke, he preached, he gave words on earth that lined up with himself the word, but it was spoken word. And so there's the heard word, which is logos, and there is the listened to or spoken word, which is rhema. Spoken word. It's a different word entirely in the scripture. And that rhema word is what we hear when we, when we, when we hear the word of God. And now let me give you an example of a rhema word. Many of you came to church and for years heard people preach on salvation, preach on salvation, preach on getting saved. One day you responded to it. That, that heard word, in other words, there was a preacher. There was a, how would they get saved, the Bible says, lest they have a preacher? So how is somebody going to get saved unless they have a preacher? It's the spirit that draws the man. I mean, oh, God still speaks today. Look at somebody and say, God's still talking. Praise God, he's still talking. But one day, while you were hearing the word, which was the word of God, the logos, something changed and it became a rhema. You didn't reject it anymore. You didn't resist it anymore. God began to speak to you, and what was a spoken word became a rhema word, or a, a, a word that became uh, a, a, not just a heard word, but a word that was uh, revisional to your life, a word that had inspiration on it, a word that was anointed, a word that became real and became a ratification of your life. And so you got up, 
and you received that word and believed in your heart, confessed with you. Not many of you walked to the front of the, of the church and gave your heart to Jesus here or there or somewhere. But it was because somebody preached a word that became a real word, and that word was a spoken word. So God speaks to us in two ways, doesn't he? By the logos and by the rhema. He speaks to us two ways. The inward man, who is a spirit man, has a voice. Just as the outward man has a voice. We call the voice of the inward man the conscience. And let me give you an example of conscience so you'll understand this. We're talking about there's a written word, there's a rhema word, and then there's our spirit man who has a word. A word from God. If this morning I asked you to think of a bad word and to say it, which you're not going to do. But if you think of a bad word, immediately the Holy Spirit comes and says, you ain't going to say that. How many of you have had that happen? That's your spirit. That's the spirit on the inside of you. And see, what happens to many of us is that the voice of our inner man, how to be led by the spirit of God, is that we've allowed our outer man, flesh, to be bigger We've allowed our mind to be larger than what is inside of us, our spirit man. God speaks to us in our spirits. He talks to us in our spirits. He deals with us in our spirits. I've heard the voice of God. I would say, I, I know one time for sure I heard him speak. I'm certain it was a second time in 55 years I've heard the voice of God. Now you can say whatever you want to. But if you haven't, that's not my fault. Say amen. I can just tell you that I have. And it was about me. It was something God wanted me to do. It was something to instruct me and help me. I heard his voice. But I have heard the voice of God thousands and thousands of times in my inner man. I've heard him speak to me about things I should do, things I should not do, what I need to do, where I need to go, what needs to happen. Years and years ago. And Brother Richard was with me in Sumter this morning. And I remember I went to Brother Richard. I said uh, what the Lord had told me. I'd gone home. It was a Saturday or a Friday. And as I'm sitting at the house, I heard the Lord say, not in my ear, but in my inner man. I heard the Lord say, go build a, uh, go build a, a wall, a knee wall on the platform. Now, we didn't have any reason to have a knee wall. There was no purpose. Does anybody know what a knee wall was? I didn't know what a knee wall was. I had to go look it up. And so I called Richard and said, we got to build a knee wall. i got to build a knee wall on the platform. What a knee wall is is a wall that's about this high as this stage. It has something on top of it, but it's got something like sheetrock in the front of it, and it just de divides two spaces. Like if you had a choir or you had somebody sitting there, you could have a wall in front of them so that it would guard the, their legs or knees or whatever, and, and so the Lord told me, build this knee wall on the platform. Had no need for it. Don't even know why I'm building the knee wall. So Richard and I came up here. We went and got the stud, and we built this knee wall on the platform. Built this wall on the platform. Had the service on Sunday, and the Lord spoke to me in my spirit. I knew I should take up a, an altar call, so I gave the altar call. People came to the front, gave their heart to Jesus, and, and, uh, and rededicated their life and everything. And after it was over with... A man came up to me and said, Pastor Steve, I had a vision from the Lord last night. He said, the Lord spoke to me that I need to find a church. And where I go and there's a wall on the platform, that's where I want you to go. 
I didn't hear God, but I heard God. I heard him speak to me. He gave me directions. You see, you see, God wants us to hear on the inside. See, that man got saved. He made this his church. It was a big deal for the family. I, you know, and as long as they follow that or would follow that, it'd be a blessing to their life. God had given them direction. I had followed direction because I heard from the Lord. I listened to the Lord. And every day as you're living, God is speaking to you and directing you and trying to help you see the path that he has designed for you. How many believe God has a path designed for you? Come on, you got to do better. Everybody in this room should raise their hand and say, I believe there's a path for me. Come on, there's a path for you. Your spirit voice, it won't be altered, it won't be, it won't be different from the Word. Whatever the Word says, your voice on the inside of you will say, that doesn't mean you'll do it. Because you're fighting the flesh, you're crucifying the flesh. You have to renew your mind. And, and you can act in a way, you can act in a way personally that will shut God out. You won't listen to Him anymore. And you'll say, well, God's actually trying to say this when he's trying to say something else. We need to get to a point where we go back and say, God, it may not be what I want to do. How many know what I'm talking about? But is it what you want me to do? And if it is what he wants you to do, the Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. He develops inside you the ability to live. See, that's what grace is all about. When I preach on grace and I talk about grace, the understanding of grace is this, that God has given us the ability, the power, and the provision to do everything he's asked us to do. There's nothing you cannot do. There's nothing you're unable to achieve. There's nothing that you cannot overcome. There's nothing that he cannot say. You might say right now, well, I don't want to give that up. I don't want to let loose of that thing. But here, listen to this. Just listen to what this says. It says in Ephesians 5, 17, it says, wherefore, be not unwise, but understand what the, and this word will, let me read, let me just read a definition of the word will here. It's, it's what the one wishes who has determined what shall be done and the purpose of God to bless mankind through Christ of what God wishes to be done by us and commands us to do. It's the precepts and the will, the choices, the inclination, the desire and the pleasures of God. That belong to the Lord. If it says, be not unwise, understanding what the will of God is, and be not drunk with wine where is in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. If you want to know the plans of God for your life, and you want to understand how to walk in those plans, and you want to be led by the Holy Spirit, you've got to be willing to turn away from things that you could do and do the things that you should do. I didn't get enough shouting on that. Be not drunk with wine. Be not drunk with wine where is in excess, but be. Be not drunk with wine which is in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, reject the things that would inhibit you and receive the things that would enhance you. I didn't get enough shouting there. Somebody say amen. Come on, say it again. Amen. Amen. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. God wants to lead you. God wants to guide you through His Holy Spirit. He wants to direct you. He wants you to overcome sin. He wants you to make it out. He wants to help you crucify your flesh. Listen, I'm not telling you. I, I, listen, I'm not the Lord. I, don't, I can't claim to be God. I can't do what God does. I can't release things that only God can release. Somebody ought to say amen. But I serve a God who wants to release it, who wants to give it away, who wants to help you, who wants to help you get free, who wants to turn you loose, who wants to bless you, who wants to anoint you, who wants to help you, who wants to break things out, break you through, break you. Come on, somebody. I serve that God. I serve that God. So when I say this, listen, if you give your heart to the Lord or you rededicate your life, I don't think that I can do anything. I know I can't do anything to change the challenges that you face in making that decision. But I can tell you it's not hard to listen to God till it does change you so that you can follow the decision. There are people in this room, you're making decisions about your life and choices. And you know the best choice is serving God. You know the best choice is the Lord. That as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. That God has given a word that we have to follow. And he gave us a rhema word. He speaks to us daily through messages, pastors preaching. And he tells us things that helps us and encourages us to do better in life. But here's the thing. He said you got to crucify the flesh. Oh, I didn't get enough shouting right there. So you might be struggling and say, well, you don't understand. I'm having a hard time giving that up. I know that. But I also know this. I can do all things. Come on, somebody. I can do all things through Christ. You might say, well, people are talking about me. People are saying things about people have got. I mean, I haven't lived up to the word. Well, it don't matter what they say. I want you to know something. It don't matter who criticizes you and who comes up to you and say, I thought you were saved. Brother Norris, I think you were there the morning. I don't know if you were or not. But we were out at the field out there at uh, Freedom Florence. Were you there? Lord Jesus. I just decided to go off on this guy. <laughs> I, 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 that's why the other day I was talking about one of the members of our church that was at the mall. And I go up, I was going to go talk to this guy, big guy. I mean, I know he's coming to the church. I mean, ministry type guy. I mean, I like the guy a lot. But I'm going to go say hello. He don't know I'm in the mall. So I go to walk up to this guy. And as I walk up to him, he's going off, really going off on the guy across the thing. Kind of like me. I, I, talk, I called the guy in front of me. I called him a turd. <laughs> they remember that day. It's rare today. It's almost non-existent because I have to fight my flesh. Does, does anybody hear what I'm saying? It didn't happen. I didn't change overnight. If you want somebody to change, if you get saved, in my expectation, see, on that day, Brother Norris, it, it, the question was, is I thought you were a preacher. Have y'all ever had anybody come up to you and negate your salvation or think because you made a mistake or you fell down the wrong way or you did the wrong thing and go to you? I thought. Have you, am I the only one that ever had that happen? I thought. Because on a human side, we will judge the human characteristic. 
But he said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. It doesn't have to change overnight. We better stop judging Christians on whether or not when they got saved on Sunday, did they look like Jesus on Monday. Oh, look, I'm preaching real, 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 real good right now. Because our faith should be, they look like the devil today, but I believe they're going to look like Jesus tomorrow. I wish somebody would get what I'm talking about. More people would get saved and serve God if they knew that it was okay that they could fail. And every one of us fails. Pastor Steve fails. But he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Stop judging people on their failures. Listen, today you're coming in this church. I don't know what relationships you have. I don't know what friendships you have. I don't know what you do in your private life. I don't know what you're watching on the internet. I don't know what your private time is. Now, Jesus does know. He knows what you're doing. I told you my parents thought I was Moses. And they found out I was not Moses. Somebody come on now. Boy, I love to tell you. And then I would, I would just be so embarrassed. But I don't want to be embarrassed because I cast the old man away. I said no to that. I said no to that. I said I'm not going to keep doing that. And it doesn't mean that every day I do that. It means that every day I try to do that. It means every day I'm working to exempt myself from the situation. It's every day that I'm trying to listen to the Word of God and the rhema of God. I want to hear God speak to me. I want to hear my conscience talk to me. I want to be... You know, and, and I'm willing, one of the things I'm trying to do is, is constantly discipline myself. How many understand what I'm talking about? I found out you got to say sorry even when you don't want to. Ain't nobody shouting on that one. I, I have found this out also. Women want sorry more than men. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, my wife only says it every once in a while. I have to say it all the time. Does any man in here know exactly what I'm talking about? Y'all don't want to admit it. All y'all scared to death, raise your hand. Everyone's like, yeah, I know, that's the truth. And your wife's like, you better not say that. I'll beat you up when we get home. <laughs> listen. Listen to me, everybody. For all, for all have sinned. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the gift of God is eternal life. For everybody sitting in this room, I want you to say, my tomorrow is going to be better. I'm going to be stronger tomorrow. Come on, say it. I'm going to be stronger tomorrow. I'm going to be more like Jesus tomorrow. And say it this way. Because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Say this, I am going to listen to the Holy Spirit, and I am going to obey. How many would do that today? Come on, raise your, come on somebody, raise your hands. I just feel like this is where we need to be for a little bit. I'm going to stay on this subject matter, listening to the Holy Spirit. We'll term it whatever we term it, but I feel like in this church that God wants to take you to higher places. He wants to put you into bigger roles. He wants to anoint you and have you progress financially and healing and health in your body. How many believe that's true? Come on, if you really believe it, I want you to raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand.
Come on. I believe that. I want to edify you this morning. If you've been out of church for a while, thank you for coming back. Thank you for walking through the door. Thank you for making the decision. And guess what? Tomorrow's going to be better than today. What you're going to do is going to be better than what you... Amen. What you're going to do is going to be better than what you have done. Your choices are going to reflect more of God than they have in the past. Say amen. Hallelujah. Say, I'm going to be more like Jesus one more time. Hallelujah. I really believe that with all my heart. I believe that with all my heart. Hallelujah. I want to pray over you as you go. Would you stand up on your feet? Hallelujah. I just want to put my hands up and bless you as you go from this house. I want to believe for miraculous things in your life. I trust Him. I trust Him. I trust Him. How many of you trust Him? Hallelujah. Father, I lift my hands this morning. And just like you did, I bless them. I bless this, your people. I speak blessings on them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. I speak anointing all over them, through them, in them, and out of them. I thank you, Lord, that this, 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 this knowledge of your Spirit, this directing of your Holy Spirit, Lord, it brings us into higher places. I speak it over them. They're going to hear your voice. Listen to your voice. They're going to hear your call and listen to your call. This week, Lord, their level of obedience is going to massively increase. Lord, so is their blessing. I thank you for it over them. In Jesus' name I pray. If you agree with that, shout out, I agree. Amen. Go bless. Tell somebody you love them as you go.